Catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. Hi, you're welcome to Africa Tech Radio, and this is Back to Base, a founders program where we have a chat with tech founders, tech entrepreneurs who have made their mark in this industry. And we are here with Tumi Adeyemi, the CEO and founder of Xenolink Technologies. I mean, I would have said a lot of things about him, but since he's right here, <laughs> why don't I allow him um, to do that? Hello, Tumi. Hi, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Thank you for joining us today on Africa Tech Radio. It's a pleasure. All right, let's just dive into it. The All program right. is back to base. You know what that means. <laughs> we are going way back into time. And I want to start with your background. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? Okay, so I grew up in Akure, under states. Literally my entire academic life primary school secondary school all the way to university was in Akure. i went to bishop Hughes. i went to idris premier college in idris premier college I, I learned all the discipline in the world like my principal was an ex-military guy and he could flog the entire school like my school was where they brought people when they failed from other schools <laughs> okay when they bring you to my school and you watch how someone's son was just flogged. Somehow you recalibrate yourself. Mm -hmm. So when they've condemned you from any school in this country, when you come to Idris, Idris is a place where they come to reset mm, your brain. Factory setting. Straight up. And I think we were the original first set that started. My set was the original first set that started from GSS1. My elder brother was in the set but they started from GSS2. So we, when he oh, opened yes. up the school, exactly, <laughs> it was GSS1, GSS2. Mm -hmm. Those were the two classes. And then all the other classes were just for lessons, GC and wire mm -hmm. and charm. And I was quite a brainy. I was also very small. My nickname was, I had two nicknames. That was Shotman Devil and that was Alan Posa. Because for some weird reason, I just knew how to pose. Like I had a stride about me. My first nickname. Sorry. Yeah, my first nickname, Alan Poza, was given to me by a female teacher, English language teacher. Mm. She was a she was a core member then. Mm. Very fine too. I remember. I think I had a crush on her. You don't think you did? It's obvious. I think, I think. I can see it all over. I think. <laughs> you were not there with me. How would you know? Who knows? <laughs> right? And I remember then sometimes my, my classmates who were up to Dogu asked me to, you know, go and make like an entrance into mm. the class and I would come in and I'll be like bouncing and and because I was listening to a lot of gangster rap music, so mm. I had this laid back gangster emoji type vibe around me. I was always rocking oversized shoes and oversized jeans and oversized well, shirts well not necessarily because i didn't have money to buy my own size and the one i could lay hands on were definitely not my size because just like i said i was you know mm -hmm. not like i've significantly grown taller too <laughs> but <laughs> yeah that that was it from there i proceeded into futa where I studied civil engineering. My university life was more of a blur. 
it was supposed to be six years that turned into about i think eight or nine years i had to carry over no two extra years actually mm. not because i was not brilliant but at some point in when i was leaving my secondary school somehow i think i was 13 going to 14 i read rich dad poor dad mm-hmm. and i just knew i was not going to be an employee and my dad wanted me to study civil engineering and as i was reading rich dad poor dad every vision i had of myself was not someone in helmets with heavy equipment all the image I had in my head was boardroom and suits. Mm-hmm. So I don't see how civil engineering and boardroom and suits, how they align. Yeah. And my dad said, you're in my house, my rule, my money. So you're going to study that civil engineering. So I told him, don't worry, I will study it. But you will never become the father of a civil engineer. Ouch. Ouch. Which actually happened <laughs> because actually he is actually crazy. not the father of a civil engineer now. <laughs> So, have so, you did you f- um, found any company before you founded um, Zeno, or that was a first hit? No, 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 no. There's nothing like first hit. No. Well, let me take that back. First hits are, you know, rare. Rare. They happen, but they're rare. So I, I remember that the, my my first sojourn into entrepreneurship really was in communications, actually. Oh wow. Yeah. So what were you doing at that time? I always had a flair for writing. I used to write. I used to produce and direct drama and all of that. I used to write rap music. I still do poetry today mm. in my spare time. And I always knew that communication is such an integral part of life. As a human being, you have a need to communicate. And that is also valid for businesses. They have mm-hmm. a need to communicate. So I remember that I tried to... My first company, I still own the company today, Anticov Media Limited. Anticov? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so what did you do there? What was the, the aim of that company? So I was trying to sell advertising space on a dispenser that had a motion sensor and it had a digital display screen. So those days I used to spend a lot of time checking out Gorilla marketing strategies because i didn't like the linear normal type of comms mm-hmm. it just felt boring it's like psh, you would do an okay like i mean eh, everybody knows to do that right so so i stumbled across this product then this was just before ebola mm. right and i had borrowed some money i can't remember how i got the money now I, I, I wasn't working so probably borrowed some money or got someone to use so i bought the first device and shipped it in from china and i had this group of guys i was working with who were going to invest in it and i'd gone around everywhere there was no uber then i just came to lagos that was like probably my third year in lagos and i remember that i would carry my device like this with my shirt and trouser tucked in going to every advertising agency knock I was all over this place, this entire area, and they would tell me no. And the next day, I'm back again, cold calling anybody I could cold call until I think I got Media Rich, and Media Rich took us to Detour, Wreck It Bekaisa. Don't forget, this was just before Ebola. In the middle of this, Ebola came. So suddenly, I had a stronger business case Mm -hmm. for my products. 
because then Dettol was tired of doing bathroom advertising. Mm -hmm. They wanted visibility in other places, right? Mm -hmm. But every other, every place you and Dettol spends a lot on advertising, but it's usually um, TV and all of that. They wanted in-store adverts and all of that. But the only place they could find space for it was in the bathroom because mm -hmm. that is where you're using it. Yeah. So I had a product that could give you brand product engagement and awareness at the same time mm -hmm. because it had a motion sensitive device dispenser then ebola came and everybody was rushing for hand sanitizers mm -hmm. and whatnot and they thought didn't have hand sanitizer in the country and that was the end of my dream and the oh. end of my business oh, wow. that was the first time i experienced depression <laughs> i was even going to ask you how you handle regret um, rejection but we'll do that in a moment so you have told me about how you started your first company, although something stalled it, right? But you did it. Some people have not even done half. But we know you as the founder CEO of Xenolink Technologies. Can you tell us what Xeno does? We are essentially a smart mobility service provider. Mm -hmm. I usually joke with people and tell them, do you remember the name of the last head driver or bus conductor <laughs> and yeah this is usually the response like, i just literally i tried yeah <laughs> but i didn't even hear the name exactly the why because um the experience around mobility as we know it is usually very unattractive you want to get away from it as fast as possible uh, yeah. so i'm trying mm. to solve that ensure that mobility in Nigeria and in developing countries is not an experience you quickly want to get away from. Mm. We want to try and infuse moments of happiness in your transit moments. It's a lot of work. It's a very tall ambition. It sometimes looks like, are you trying to be a hero or something? Whatever it is that you call it, for me, I feel like mobility is such an essential part of life. Mm -hmm. You can't do without it. Mm -hmm. Regardless of how you want to calibrate it, you need to move. Mm -hmm. And if we don't start solving our own problems, someone else will rise up, solve it for us. Unfortunately, it may come at a cost or... It may come with conditions that are not necessarily favorable to us. All right. So from your first company to this one, how did you get inspiration behind founding Zeno? You know, I told you I spent all my life in Akure. Mm -hmm. okay, so let me tell you how we move in Akure. In Akure then, when you step out, a car, clean car, very clean car. This was 10, 15 years ago. The car will stop for you. You will enter. <laughs> Do you understand? Lagos left the group. <laughs> so I understand. You will enter and yeah. you will pay 13 naira per drop. Mm. So I remember in 2005, I followed my friend down to Lagos. I came to Lagos for the first time in 2005. That was like my year two or so. And we were in Maryland. And we wanted to go to Ikeja. I can't remember what we were going there for. And first, not like the car was clean, it, it was, remember those hood Kabu Kabu, mm -hmm. Passat, mm -hmm. yellow and something, <laughs> that I would not have entered and paid 13 Naira for in Akure. They built me 1K, 1,000 Naira. 
Now let me put this in perspective for you. My school fees <laughs> in Futa was seven thousand five hundred. Oh wow! <laughs> the bus from Akure to Lagos was one thousand two hundred. How on earth am I paying one thousand naira from Maryland mm. to Ikeja? I remembered on my way back to Akure, that was all that kept ringing in my head. Are you people mad? <laughs> like, what's wrong? Like, what's going on here? That was no technology. That was no Facebook. That was nothing. This was the day of uh, Nokia 3310. And even the people that had Nokia 3310 were... Elite. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. it was always there in my mind. Mm. How I would go about it... I didn't know, but I knew there it was, was a problem. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I didn't even see it as an opportunity. I just knew there was a problem. But then again, you also need to understand that those of us that lived in other parts of Nigeria, we look at Lagos as the smartest, the sharpest. Mm -hmm. So I also had like, nah, maybe I'm the one missing it because this is supposed to be the smart place. Mm -hmm. How are they like, you guys are the smart ones. Like what's going on here? How are you? How? How are you paying 1k for this? Did you ever think that they ripped you off? Maybe that's not the actual price. I know they did not rip me off because number one, I'm an Akure boy. I don't have money, which means we priced, <laughs> we bargained. What are you saying? Uh -uh. We are good well. After like the fifth one, <laughs> you accept your fate. And by the way, the only reason I even had the 1k was because a gracious auntie had given myself and my friend 10k to go and watch the movie. So then we had the movie. But it was not sitting well in any way that I would spend 1k at that time mm -hmm. to go. I mean, my secondary school, by the time when I was leaving secondary school, my last school fees mm. was 3,500. So then from that day, you saw this and you realized there's a problem. How long did that take you <laughs> to implement this? So, I think two or three years later, when Fashala was the governor, he started the corporate cap thing. My friend called me to say to me that thing you were saying, because the first thing I told my friend there was, ah, once I get money, I'm going to just buy cars. We will have a telephone. You will call. The car will come and pick you. Mm -hmm. and this. Mm -hmm. We just we used to banter about that then. So, he called me and said, oh, that's your idea. Ah, they've now started it. I was happy. I said, thank God, so I'm not mad. Because I actually, at some point, thought I was mad because maybe I'm the only one seeing <laughs> what I'm seeing. Genius sometimes is mistaken for madness. I, I know, but <laughs> yeah. So he told me, so I started following, like, following things up. Mm. Fast forward to after my NYSE, I came to Lagos, moved to Lagos fully. I was interning with a guy called David Prest, who was a tech I don't write any codes. I'm not an engineer. Mm -hmm. I'm a business person. Mm -hmm. My, But I like to know the tools available to unlock stuff. So he explained the type of transactions and the possibilities around technology. This was like 2012, 2013. Things were just starting out then. There was no Instagram then. We were still Facebook champions and all of those things, right? And then, so... I started, okay, this is technology. But I still didn't know the full capacity of what technology could do until I stumbled across Uber. 
when I was having an interview session with one of my mentors. It was making reference to the fact that Huba didn't do anything to upset the black cabs in London. So he kept on talking about it. And this was me nodding my head like I knew what it was. After that day, I became an authority on Huba. I sat down, immersed myself. I read every piece of article ever written about Uber, for Uber, from Uber. If it has Uber on it, you read it. I read it. Mm-hmm. So, it connected all the dots for me. Mm-hmm. So, I now know the tool required to make things happen. But that was not the problem with Lagos. The problem with Lagos for me was, why do you have to sit down alone in a car and pay so much? What are you doing with all the extra space? Mm-hmm. So just one person, we sit down inside one car and you're paying 5,000 euros. For what? So ride sharing had always been what? Because that was what I knew. That's what we do in our career. You have three people in, at the back seat and one person in the front. You pay 30, 30 naira. Everybody is happy. You enjoy the same AC. They play radio for you. The same thing. Mm-hmm. So, and then I stumbled on Tinder. What were you doing there? I was doing what they want people <laughs> to be doing there. <laughs> what it was created for, dog. I was doing as I know that's not. <laughs> I stumbled on like, like, oh. I stumbled on it. <laughs> okay. On a lonely day, I was strolling down the road. And there across, I saw Tinder. Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw Tinder's algorithm. Mm. Tinder could pair people based on location and proximity. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there you go. Missing piece. And that's how the entire concept of Zeno came about. And no, I didn't start out as Lagos Ride. My first expression was a bus service. Oh, really? Yes. I ran a bus service in 2019. Unfortunately, I didn't have $10 million to back me as phone. I remembered going from every park in Lagos, Mm. begging the interstate operators, give me your buses that are no longer fit for interstate trips. Give them to me. Mm-hmm. I will use them for intra-city trips. Come today. Come tomorrow. These days. Oh, they are not fit. What are they doing with those buses? Why didn't they give them? They would rather just let it rot. Rot or sell it off to someone. And I, I had I had a great model because what I had was I had a schedule-based bus service system, mm-hmm. and I knew that the problem with mobility here in Lagos. I mean, take out the buses. Your first problem, your first challenge is that your bus stops are new service centers. Mm-hmm. That's the first problem. Yes. Anything that requires you to be at that bus stop, just know that. <laughs> Anything can happen. Yeah. So the first thing we did was we created private loading base. And what, how we pulled that off was to use car parks that were close to the known bus stops. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to do anything extra. Okay. So instead of dropping at the bus stop, just drop at this supermarket that is close to the bus stop a bus will be there and that bus would leave at a defined time either it is filled up or Mm. not somebody was finally able to give me one bus Mm. 
And my people used to call it Black Maria because it was a black Ford Bulls, all painted black, and it had lights inside mm-hmm. and whatnot. And then I think we ran it for about... And then, of course, because it wasn't brand new, it was... You were half fought. Remember the first? Ah, good. Entrepreneurs, they suffer all. <laughs> I remember the first trip, the first day. Mm. They had made noise and everything. CEO of the year, founder, we must be this. Even me, I said, I have to meet the customers and everything. First, I had done an activation three months earlier, thinking that they would still remember me three months after. So mm-hmm. I did the activation, but I no get boss. So it took me another three months to get the boss. So all the people, everybody don't move on with their life. On that day, I was the only one that showed up to enter my boss. Oh, wow. And then the one person I was supposed to pick, who was my friend, my boss started overheating on the road. And then I caused traffic. <laughs> so you were trying to solve a problem, but you created one. <laughs> Okay, so why did that not ha- is that is that the reason that didn't take off or you? you oh no, that was my bigger? first day. I didn't say I stopped there. Oh wow! You... Oh, no, stop for who? <laughs> why? So so. I, with my white shirt and everything, we opened the bonnet. We looked at it, put the water back. I called the person, apologized severely, ordered a ride to pick the person, and the person went to their work. Next couple of I had a boss. I ran that operation for about three or four months. Mm before I had to hand the bus over back to the owner because I couldn't keep up with the expenses coming from it. But I learned a lot from it. One of the first things I learned is that when it comes to mobility, people are not necessarily looking for luxury. You just want to move. I just want to move. Mm. I want predictability. I want to move by 10. Are you ready to move by 10? Just that simple. Mm -hmm. Are you reliable? I hope you will not drop me. I hope you will not load. Do you understand? I hope you are not going to waste my time. Yeah. Just like the simple basic stuff, mm-hmm. right? We were running from, we had two loading bays. We had one at um, Acha and we had another one in VI, Adeyemalakija, beside King's College. That was an open car park there. People used to take bike from Marina CMS to come to join 5.45 p.m. bus mm-hmm. going to Acha. The price of bike from Marina to Adiyamalakija was more than the cost of bus from Marina to Aja. Oh, wow. Yeah. But they will. You know, bikes were generally more expensive than buses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the morning, we used to run from Aja to that same location. People would take, some would tell us, oh, they would wait for us on the road at mm-hmm. VGC or they would take bike and come back. It was very, I'd not seen user behavior in that. And, oh, by the way, I was the driver a lot of the times. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I was the driver a lot of the times. Okay. Right? Because the driver I got stays probably, I think, uh, uh, towards Hachigunle and all of those things. And the bus is doing a 5.45 a.m. bus. Mm-hmm. And I was leaving in Leki. So the bus, they will pack it in my house. So once it's 5 o'clock and I've not seen the guy, off I go. Because, A, 5.45 you don't cannot you uh, don't as promised schedule you <laughs> <laughs> don't cannot afford to fail on the schedule mm-hmm. right yeah so this is not i'm not talking about third party experience i'm saying i i was there there live and direct. Live and direct, driving the bus yeah and i remember that sometimes my girlfriend would join me too to drive yes now 
<laughs> yes, sir. There are oh, times wow. where so so maybe the car is forty or I have to take it to a mechanic place or something. So I will drive my own car. The bus is there. So okay, will you drive the car and I will drive behind you or something? Wow, yeah. love that girlfriend. Is she stay. She's my wife now. Don't worry. Oh, I was mm. gonna say, hope that girlfriend turned wife. I didn't yeah. want that cause trouble. So you don't need to cause trouble. She, <laughs> yeah, she's, she's enjoying the fruit of her labor. Well, that is one. Never, never trying to break a heart. But that's that's the besides the point. Try very well. <laughs> so, from that bus service, how long did it take you to transition into Lagrade? So, in twenty nineteen. I think towards the end of 2019, that was Governor Sowolu's first administration. A co-innovation center, which was one of his projects, set up an Akaton. Five million dollars if you can solve Lagos traffic. What do you think, Apple? <laughs> <laughs> it does what, be. What do you need? What do you need, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> how do you want it? Uh-uh. Black and white. <laughs> Choose your palette. Choose your, what are the fonts? Do, like, <laughs> how, how do you want it? Like, you have been waiting for. You know, they said they had about three thousand applicants. They scaled down everything. So yes, on the day for the final pitch, I think we we're about five. For some weird reason, I was the last person that was called. Every other person spent like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. My own two hours, we were still going. The questions I'm kept sorry. coming from all angles. And I'm like, yeah, we die here. I have been, I have me. I've been on this for years. Wake me up. I will tell you all the things. I remember one of the panelists there saying, um, the concept of ride sharing is foreign. Like, you know, it's not... We are not going to like nobody would do ride sharing here. Like it's new, it's not us, it's not local to us. And I looked at her straight in the face and I'm like, oh no, sorry. I said, when we enter Keke and three people sit at the back and one person is in the front. Sorry, what is that? <laughs> it's local to us. Like I said, it's very local. I said we are the <laughs> we are the palmiers of right here. We just didn't call it right. She we do you know that's our problem. We don't yeah. know brand equity. Yes. We don't know how to brand our stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So today you, you see whipped share butter in its mm. original form is Uri and it's disgusting. <laughs> Extremely disgusting. Oh wow. Yeah. So like we have been doing it from the beginning. Yeah. That's how we are we go from point A to point B. Yeah, that's that's what, Yeah, that's yeah, you you're right sharing, <laughs> yo. That's what it is. So that put me on the radar of the state immediately. Mm-hmm. Um I started having conversations with Lamata. I had having conversations with Lagos State Ministry of Transportation. So when Lagride project came up mm. and they asked, who shall we send? Who shall build the cars? <laughs> <laughs> I'm your son. <laughs> that is what I'm here. <laughs> here I am. Send me. <laughs> so it was in 2019. Yes. So so 2019 into 2020. But that is, it was now 2020. When when was Lagride launched? Because according to what I saw, so lag, no, lag, Lagride was launched 2020. But mm-hmm. of course, <laughs> it was Lagride conversation has started since 2019. Oh, wow. All right. So you mentioned that you saw something, you saw a, a lagging aspect of the Lagos transportation system from 2005. That thing you saw in 2005 and other things you might have seen along the way, has Lagride been able to solve them? Or are they still lingering? Huh. To be honest, 
we've not solved it in the way and manner I would like to. Mm. We're trying to, but one of the things I learned quickly is, you know, with technology people, when we started technology, the gospel according to technology is all disruption. Disrupt, I'll come in and disrupt mm. this. That doesn't work in mobility. So you need to be able to transition into a, a, a state of mind that is collaborative. You need to be able to understand these, the problems as they are. Mm-hmm. Not as you wish the problems are. Mm. Right? Lagride has given us a lot of insights, data, opportunities to be able to get closer to it. We still have some challenges, but I believe that we are closer as a business, as an entity, to solving that problem than we were ever before. Okay. Even with sorry, with the removal of fuel, fuel subsidy, another gang 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 moment. Because now, you see, before, you know, we introduced ride share in Lagride when we started. We had to take it out. Okay, why did you do that? We had to take it out because um, it wasn't popular with the people. Because people were used to. So, you know, it's funny how people behave. We have biases. So the same person that has no problem with sharing seat in a bus. We want to order it right and say, ah, no, I don't feel safe with the person. I will. But when you took the bus, was that your consideration? <laughs> no, oh, thank you. <laughs> but maybe they'll La- feel no, like... No, 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 but wait, with Lagride, we didn't even leave it there. Lagride had dashboard cameras. Never before. Mm. Meaning, we, we are watching you. Till now. Till now. It's only the other um, apps, right? The only e-cabs. It's only if the riders decide that they want to get extra security for themselves. It is not a requirement to have dashboard cameras. So, Lagride started off in with Nigeria. that. We had dashboard cameras. We had panic buttons. Mm. Like, where's the panic button for, for passengers or for drivers? Both. Please, where's does where's the? If so, if you're ever in a lag ride, mm. you see the divider between the driver's seat and yes. the passenger seat. You will see a button. That okay. button is a panic button. Why is there no panic button written on written it? Written on it. Sorry. So I would know. Sorry, design, design. Moving forward. Moving okay, forward. So we'll we'll go. Say, <laughs> we go. Recent, what I'm saying is that recently, I, I entered a cab with a colleague, right? Went for an event. And when we go back, he mentioned something. He said, that um, driver was looking shady. I was getting ready to bolt, right? And I was like, because mm, I had done something on that that actually said no to security but then it got me thinking i know i'm going to talk to you today and i was thinking if i had an issue with the driver the driver is trying to get on handsy or is doing something that's i'm risking my security and you you said you have the dashboard camera panic button everything what would those security feature do will it deploy the police to me Will you get security agencies to that area? What will happen? Will the car stop immediately if there's a security breach? So this is the protocol, right? With lag, right? If you ever engage, so aside from that physical panic button there, mm-hmm. you also have one on your app yeah. as the user and also as the driver. Mm-hmm. So if you ever toggle those buttons at any point in time, mm-hmm. it hits our command center. Mm-hmm. I'm part of the people that receive those emails and those notifications. 
So the protocol is immediately we pull the footage in that vehicle. So we see what is going on. Right? Mm -hmm. If we see what is going on, we call immediately. So as we are calling you, we are seeing what is going on. So you can't be telling us stories or anything. We can see. We can also hear. And if my life is physically in danger, will you deploy? Immediately. That's what we we'll do. Because we have your last known location. Okay. We'll be able to send. If it is one that requires us to demobilize the car, we'll demobilize the car. We can mm. remotely demobilize our cars. All right. I just needed to hear that. Yes. All of this, we told <laughs> all of them. Oh, right, Sharon? They say, ah, no, 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 no. I don't feel, I don't feel secure. Good. Now, 1,000 naira trip is now 5,000 naira. I don't need to beg you. You know this about this ride sharing thing. I was always, I've always had this feeling that how can two people, you own cars, you're living the same location, you are going to the same office or the same environment. Why are you driving your individual cars? Like Why yo, this same thing, I, this same thing. And every time I see it, I tell people, I say it is so weird because Lagos is such a linear place when it comes to mobility. Mm -hmm. Every morning, you all rise, head in one direction. Every <laughs> evening, right? Head in the opposite direction. I mean, here, alone. Here is what is annoying about this. You just go, you park the car in your offices the entire day. And then when you're done, you pick it all up again. So transit time, that should take you 45 minutes, 30, one hour max, two hours, three hours, because... Man must show that you I have know. car. That has to stop. You need you to know, say something. Yeah, okay. but no, but here's the thing also. You also need to understand where that is coming from. There is a social value and an emotional value to owning a car. It's a symbol of success. Also, people would like to be able to just up and go to wherever they want to go to without thinking about, oh, my neighbor still the office. No, home. no, no. Because now people are not hopping <laughs> and wanting to go to. <laughs> I know because I can tell you how drastic the demand Oh, oh boy. Speaking of that, because I know that it's because of the fear of, fear yeah. of the uh, removal. And some states in Nigeria are already contemplating swapping out their engines for, you know... CNGs and all of that, yeah. How is Lagwright tackling that? Do I look like someone that wants to carry last? <laughs> look at me where... Don't worry. You have to take glasses. Uh -uh. Mm. You're going to see. I'm going to see. You're going to see. So there is a lot of... First, um, we're trying to um, revamp the app mm. because we want to bring back ride sharing in a way that is... Um, safer. Not just safer, that is more user-friendly. Mm. So we want you to be able to... If your problem is the idea of being in the same car with strangers, so we want you to be able to move with your friends. Mm, okay. right so we want you to be able to create a click so with your click you mm. can move with people that you are comfortable with and all of that and you know some of us have those friends that we say let's ride together then when it's time to pay they go just do with you <laughs> we'll be looking at your pocket like yeah so <laughs> i'm gonna be like see my account right. work again or i go, I go transfer I give you but that's what they said the last time and the and time before the, time the last before time that. and all of that so we help you solve all of those problems because you'll take it automatically yeah, exactly. no time for prime no, time no. you got it you got it you got it you all understand? right so yeah. so far there's no company that has been run in this time and age that will tell me they have not faced challenges that founder is lying 
even if it's you know difference in terms in terms of weight so what are some of those challenges you faced while running xenolink technologies <laughs> ah don't sugarcoat it i'm not trying to sugarcoat <laughs> it. i'm trying to look for the one to tell you because he plenty there mm. what 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 one of the biggest challenges in running any business is the people that you have mm. you see people are either your assets or your liabilities and i would say anywhere that i'm proud of the team that i have i have people who would break their back and go any length with me and for me i wish i could get more i wish that our value system as a society is you know a bit different less more productive more optimistic more i remember the backlash we got when like i i cried i won't let you oh, you know when when lag ride was launched mm. in march they said all sorts of things all sorts of i'm a very private person so to be waking up and seeing my name on social media doom 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 and google not alert doom, doom, doom. i've not even done anything you don't understand it's not like the project has failed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we are just about to start like you are big now waiting so what were some of the comments that actually got you so the first was the idea that anything government affiliated is not going to succeed suddenly what appeared to be my advantage and leverage is now looking like my disadvantage mm-hmm. and my curse and for a very long time the simple truth is for the first three months nobody wanted to pick up those cars it was that bad nobody was there publicity like there was publicity, publicity in the way also you need to also understand that when the transaction is well, or it was not purely a private transaction mm-hmm. so you have to function within the ambit of the government what is on the table do you understand mm-hmm. so it's not like the other tech businesses that you know that comes into the game with 100 million dollars boom and they're giving you this giving you that doing mm-hmm. all of those things doing incentivized opt-in and all of that the only incentive we have was it is brand new car <laughs> come by that brand new car do you understand and what we did was we we had to look for creative ways to get those cars on the road and just wait wait it out and by the end of september we had to stop accepting driver applications we now had 7000 oh wow how many cars do you have at that time 1000 really <laughs> and we had 7000 applications applications people started paying money they got wind of the accounts that they pay people are crazy man without any prior interaction with us they would just pay money boom and send you a message i've just paid when will i come and get the car Who send you a message Who are you? <laughs> and for the very first time, yeah. my phone would ring and I would receive probably 50 calls and I don't know 49 of the numbers. Oh wow. My phone just keeps ringing. Hello, I am something something something. I have just paid for something something. Wow, weird like and I, but where were all of you 3 months ago when I was looking, looking for looking for riders? people to take the car so that we can start service and all of mm. that capital is also a big problem because you see 
we've not created an ecosystem that is supportive of enterprise. I said to I said to a lot of people that a lot of Nigerian entrepreneurs are they became entrepreneur because it was the only way, not that it's their choice. Is that you look for work, you know, see work. You, I mean, you I go big. see work, collect your body and soul. Do you understand? <laughs> you go, you say, I'm going to begin sell you. So you go on social media and everybody see you or something. I mean, I mean it's, it's good mm-hmm. and whatnot, right? But the problem is, we've not built a supportive ecosystem that can allow you make mistakes, take risks and then grow and no we don't we don't have that yet here unfortunately some of the people that have gone out there raised money also have not been of very good behavior so in nigeria so it's just it's almost like it's almost like the odds keep getting stacked against you right so if you ask me my two biggest three actually would be the value system Mm-hmm. the people and then capital every other thing for me it's it does not i won't put them into a basket of problems that i want to be discussing really when tech founders or when people want to found companies they try pitch to some people wake up in their dream in their, i say wake up <laughs> some people dream and they're pitching in their dreams right and then they get rejection upon rejection upon rejection how do you advise tech entrepreneurs to handle rejection i may not know how to advise tech entrepreneurs on how to handle rejection by now to advise any human being on how to handle rejection <laughs> from being a you know for a very long time I, I used to i used to i used to suffer from low self-esteem oh wow but people didn't know because i was the most brilliant I was the bouncing person so mm-hmm. how can you if he puts me on the stage i can talk i can do anything only my best friend knew that I was struggling mm-hmm. with that. And growing up as boys now, you know, you're hunting chicks and all of that. And we had a catchphrase. No means you don't have enough information to say yes. Please say that again. Look into the camera. No, no means you don't have enough information to say yes. So for every time I was told no, I just said to myself, okay. I'm coming back with more information mm-hmm. for you to say. And then the second thing I also learned is, is that there's a difference between trying to get you to say yes and making it difficult for you to say no. Okay. That's a clear difference between the two. Please enlighten me. So, this is funny. Did I tell you that I, I used to read a lot? Okay, no. so, okay, so I read a lot. Okay. So, if you studied, if you study seduction, the concept of seduction, you would think seduction is a bad thing. No, seduction is not a bad thing. Actually, the the best act of seduction is selflessness. How so? Because if I think about you, if I demonstrate to you that your interests are my interests, chances are you're not going to tell me no. Well, that's true. Because as opposed to trying to get you to say yes, I'm just going to make it extremely difficult, difficult for you to, to say, say no. Yeah. Meaning all your boxes... I could check him. Is in it? Check. Does it this? Mm-hmm. Is it this? Mm-hmm. Is it check, check, check? So what are you saying no for? It's really just that simple. So you must prepare your mind to understand that no is not an indictment on you. 
it is really just that they don't have enough information to say yes. Okay. I, I read something from Tony Lumelu recently where he talked about collaboration and the importance of collaboration. And I've come to realize that a lot of people fail because they fail to collaborate with other people who can make their dream work. So how do you tackle collaboration, especially in this complex landscape, this country that we are in? Everybody's suspicious of everybody. So how do you do that? As a young person, mm. well, I'm still young, sir. When I was very, 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 very small. Are you, what do you mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you doing that like this? Okay. <laughs> I used to hear, ah, I don't want them to steal my idea. Mm. And it was something that used to amaze me. If your idea can be stolen, maybe there is really nothing that's that special about it mm -hmm. one i think you have to embrace the idea of abundance in your mind scarcity mentality is what makes it difficult for us to collaborate we want 100 percent of nothing okay i want to be ceo founder and everything of a tiny thing when you can be a part of something big in, in economics it's called economics of scale Mm. what you benefit from being part of a larger group but i don't know what is wrong with us here we shall want to be you know one of the things that have amazed me for a very long time is the number of small small retail fashion stores that are available but yet you don't have one chain do you know how that thing has killed the fashion industry there is chukudi and chukudi you can go on the streets you would see, mm -hmm. but you don't, but you cannot produce and say to yourself that your product can eat 200 stores. You don't, there is, that is the corruption in the land, not what, not the one we point at. Why do you think that is? It's a mindset. It's your value system. It is a, for me to win, you must lose. You don't think we can both win together. It's a, for me to progress, you must regress, you must depreciate. It doesn't people people like to be the best the d i tell people i don't like companies where i'm the best once once i'm in an in any group and i'm beginning to see that almost the compliment is becoming oh yeah the best yeah the this yeah the this by it doesn't take me time i will move to the next place where i'm the smallest mm -hmm. because you must continually stretch yourself you must challenge yourself. You must. All right. So young entrepreneurs are out there. They want to start something formidable. They want to make a difference in their chosen field. What advice would you give to them? What you like mm. is your passion. What the market will pay for is what you should do as business. Mm. That's the first thing. What you like, what you like is, is your, passion. your passion. And what the market will pay for is what you, you should do, do as a business. business. Yes. But else, people say that you should make money off of your passion. I, I did not say the two are exclusive. Okay. If you are fortunate that what you like is what the market is paying for. Mm. Gospel. Yeah. <laughs> but if you are liking something and you are seeing that um, the market is not paying for this thing, it will frustrate you. Because the market, the market is a very cold place. The market does not care 
how much time you spent on it. The market does not care that you love this thing so much that you, that you can give your life for it. No, the market does not care. The market trades value in exchange for value. It's just that simple. So you must learn how to see and read the marketplace. Okay. Most especially when you're in a place like this where you don't have a lot of support mechanism that can allow you wait out the market. Because there are times where you have to go into the market, hold a position, knowing that the market might probably tip in your favor mm. later on. Right. But you don't have that luxury here. No, no, no Nigerian investor will put money on the table and be waiting for five years, six years before you will make profit. You say, now, nah, we are just getting traction. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Traction? Yeah, really? <laughs> so how much did you make today? No, you know, like the way this thing works, right? So yesterday now we had like 10,000 users. Today we now have 15,000 users. I know. How much did you make? Uh, so by like months, 18 months, the something we you don't have that here. It's just mm -hmm. what it is. I keep saying that Nigeria is the only place where they will advertise for innovation. We want to hear innovative ideas. We want to hear creative stuff. And then you will come in and you will pitch your innovative idea. And when you are done, they will ask you sort of question. So, uh, so where has this been done before? <laughs> Nigeria is the only place. If it was done before, it's not being innovative. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> okay. So, what has been an entrepreneur taught you? The biggest lesson you've gotten from being an entrepreneur? What I will, will be. If you're ever on my WhatsApp, I wanted to you ask see... you that. Yeah. You said, was born a god. I made me a king now downgraded to a human being. That's One. my that's my Instagram bio. So yeah. what is what does that mean? I that's that's really complex. I, I believe in in man's ability to choose. And I always choose the upside at every point in time. Mm. I don't care what it is. Okay. So yeah. that's just me. What being an entrepreneur has taught me is if you wake up in the morning. And you decide that you are going to be something. Mm. Everything will rise up against you. Mm. Just because of that thought. And it is nature's way of asking you, do you really mean it? So you must learn to negotiate with life. To insist on what you want and what you have and the life that you want. All right. And um, finally, what is your driving principle? What drives you? What motivates you? A lot of things. I think the idea of being valuable. Hmm. If you come in contact with my person, I'll listen to myself. I'm not going to leave you worse than you came to me. The minimum I would do is to leave you intact as you are. But what I would like is to leave you better than you are. So if you ever see me in any space, understand that I'm asking questions that every other person is not asking understand that i'm fighting battles that every other person is not seeing i'm usually that person behind the scenes underdog just pushing and all of that so i'm, I'm very driven by value 
I'm very, I'm very, I'm objective driven. I'm, 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 it can be very frustrating and annoying to people because people just like to tell you what to do. People want to tell you what to even want. Mm. I remember those days back in our career when I go to the CD store. So I'm looking for a particular hardcore rapper CD. I know he just released this album. They don't have it, but they'll be telling me, oh, but I have well, Celine like Dion, I have this, I'm like, are you drunk? I know exactly <laughs> what. I mean, I know why I came I here. I know why I came here. And it got so bad, anytime they see me coming, I beg, I beg, we don't get though, we don't get. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like. <laughs> so don't listen to them when they try to tell you what to want and what to like. You, you must be able to, see, God made you man and gave you choice. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is, Anything you choose is correct. Anything you choose is correct for you because from where you stand, you had justifications for it. Okay. What I, my own choice in life is I'm not going to disqualify myself from the best. Mm -hmm. That's just me. I I, I just say to myself, I don't, people say, oh, oh, uh, protect yourself. Don't expect too much so that you will not get hurt and all of this. I'm like, fine, that works for you. Me, I expect the best at all times, in all situations, in all scenarios. But I prepare my mind for all possible outcomes. And that is the best way to live. And thank you very much for joining us on Africa Tech Radio. Thank it you, is thanks. back to base. And my name is Lillian. We've been having a chat with Timmy and Deyemi. And the founder CEO of Xenolink Technologies. They are the makers. They are the brains behind the technology lag right and um, of course you can follow us on all our social media platforms on instagram it is at a tech radio on facebook and other platforms it is at africa tech radio even check us out on youtube is there any other thing you want to add before we go or can we say bye bye just one thing okay if the pain of not having something outweighs the gain mm-hmm. just suck up the pain just go for it All right, and we'll leave you with that. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.